0: Hi, I'm Neil.
1: I'm Tony. And I'm True. Welcome to the Trust in the Machine
0: podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome to our very first Caristmas special, uh, which I get is a little bit of a stretch, but I'm going to run with it anyways. Um, tonight, we have a very special guest uh, who has done everything from hill climbing Peugeot 205s to running extremely wet laps in the 24 Hours of Nürburgring. Uh, she's an all-around badass, and we're really excited to have her on the program. Please welcome Charlie Martin.
2: Uh yeah, I guess I should start us. I guess this is officially it. Uh this is a very <laughs> special Christmas episode of Trust in the Machine and uh we have we have our usual gang here today and we are joined by legendary race car driver Charlie Martin from the UK. Thank you so much for joining us.
3: Thank you so much for the kind introduction. It's a pleasure <laughs> to join you all. Yeah. Uh,
2: we are super excited to have you here today. Yeah. Uh, I actually told Drew and Neil that I would fight them to do the intro because I was excited. <laughs> I
1: can vouch for that. that. Which happened. I
0: think is really, uh, you know, it's like overtly aggressive because I don't think anybody was trying
2: to take that from you at all. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <It's right> Strike <fest. laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, So yeah, uh, Charlie is a... Has a really long and extremely cool career. Uh, she's had done a bunch of advocacy work as a as a trans woman for our community. She is just an amazing spokeswoman for us, and we'll we'll get into all that in a minute. But I do want to start off with the the least important question of the day, which is uh, Charlie and and all of us. I want us to all go through this real quick because I realize that some of our regular ris- listeners might not actually know. What is your daily driver? What is the car that you take every day to work or the shops? Uh I'll I'll just go quick, mine's in it, mine's an 86 Honda Accord Aerodeck that's imported from Japan. I think most people on Twitter know that because I won't shut up about it, but uh Charlie <laughs> Charlie, I'm really curious and I think I might have seen it in a video, but I'm I'm kind of curious.
3: So, I currently drive a Mini John Cooper Works, which is oh. uh yeah, it's actually Ooh, the second one yeah. I've had, so I really, wow. uh, yeah, I really, really love the Mini, the, the BMW Mini, it's, um, the, yeah. just, to, just to be sure, it's not like a really, like the, the original vintage one, but yeah, it's sure. a great little car, it's really fun, and I, I appreciate the contextualizing
0: of calling it a BMW yes. Mini, but man, that is not in any way a slight, because I've spent a little bit of time in a Cooper Works, and that is a Fun car, um, definitely. Uh, how do you feel about the torque steer? Uh, yeah, I mean, especially
3: <laughs> living in the UK, out in the countryside where we've got lots of bumpy B roads and uh, mm-hmm. sort of challenging road textures. I guess you could say it's uh, yeah, it's it's good fun. I mean, it's it's a nice little chassis because it moves around quite a bit, and you know, it's quite a lively feeling car. You feel quite engaged when you're driving it. So. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's got a lot of character, which is what really attracted me to the Mini in the first instance. I'd had a lot of um, yeah, a lot of Volkswagens, and um, I just wanted something. Ao wanted something in a bright colour, and <laughs> thank it's you. Really, yes, it's really yep. hard. I yes. don't know about in in America, but in the UK, it's really hard to get a you know if you're buying a new car to find a new car in something that isn't white, black, silver, or gray, basically. Yes. yes. No, that's, that, that translates overseas. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, yeah.
1: We have some yeah. maroon on the lot, but generally that's that's about <laughs> mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Like yeah. you'll yeah.
3: get your, you know, of course, like dark blue or red or something. But if you want to go outside of that, it's just, yes. yeah, forget it. And Mini did this color called Volcanic Orange. And I don't know if they still do it on the John Cooper Works, but it's so great. It's just bright kind of orange yellow and it suits the car so well because it's a little cast so it's got quite a lot of black you know around the roof and stuff sure. and I was like yeah that's that's it uh,
0: oh i'm looking at that color i just had to google volcanic orange mm-hmm. that is
2: fantastic
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, i yeah
2: i think that's the one that i saw in the uh you did a, a video with um some some other LGBT organization recently, but you you did drive it briefly in it. And I was wondering if that was the same car you had now. So yes, it is a fantastic color. I'll oh, have to put we... a link to that that video in the show notes. I, uh, my
3: current one is starlight blue because they they don't oh. do the, the yellow anymore in the in the John Cooper work So uh, oh gotcha. Yeah, okay. I was gotcha. like ah okay. So um, yeah, because it's a lease car, so I just got it for two years. So I've got it for just. Just under a year left. Okay, cool. And so yeah, I'm already thinking about what I'm going to get next, of course. Yeah,
1: that yeah. (laughs) I I'm sure you've got a short list in your head already.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and there's some stuff that's UK only that we don't get in the state. There's there's several cars you can get in Europe right now that are brand new that I would kill for. Like Okay. Is right?
0: the Alpine and the Alpine and the Alpine uh,
1: well the Alpine Tony do you want to lovely. plug it or am I am I gonna buy Honda on this I one? I, I do you guess I'll just them? say it again yeah. I have okay.
2: been I've been bugging Honda on every I mean on every social media platform that they have to please bring the Honda e to the United States because I really want one <laughs> and I, yeah. I think I'd be going for one of those uh if I think the instant that they brought it here I would try to get the first one they sold I'm I'm very much a fan of this, but also if you still wanted to do like a gas car, there, there's the Alpine and then there's the the Yaris GRMN works, and I'm sure there's other stuff that that Charlie's thinking about too. But yeah, fair.
3: yeah, I don't know much about the uh, the Yaris GR, but I've seen photos of it. I mean, just in terms of the spec, but it looks pretty awesome with like the pumped up arches and stuff.
2: Yeah, Yep. I am I am quite the fan of the uh, the rally inspired look for it. Yeah, definitely
3: i think anything with pumped up white arches just gets my vote i had an rs4 <laughs> once for about 18 months and it was like oh was so cool but i had to get yeah. rid of it because it was just costing me so much money <laughs> no that's that sounds like an rs4 Yep, yeah. translates yep yep yep, yep. so that makes sense. uh
2: drew you didn't you didn't share your uh your daily driver Oh, it's
1: I. I have a, a ratty three hundred dollar Miata parked outside that's had way too much work done to it.
2: Yeah. Sometimes it starts. That,
0: come on, like deflect much? Uh, ratty three hundred dollar Miata that also just happens to make two hundred and fifty wheel horse. Yeah. <laughs> nice. You know. And has like a full suspension and uh, needs you know. a cage. It really needs a well, cage. That's fair. Yeah. It's
1: it's it's very very flimsy and very very fast, which is very very dumb. But that's where I'm
0: at yeah
1: yeah and how about
3: you what are you you driving
0: uh so i feel like i've downgraded a little bit i recently moved from the city center to uh out in the the suburbs a little bit and so i went from a different flavors of bmw motorcycle uh currently a, a 1250 gs um but now it is a rode hard and put away wet. Yeah. There it is. So it's, yeah, I, I feel like I have the most boring <laughs> car out of everybody here. Um, as far as a daily goes, I mean, it, it works, um, but it's nice. Like knowing that if I like somebody runs into me, it's like, well,
2: man, yeah. a, a very real I, concern there, in Dallas too. Yeah. Well, as,
0: as like, I've always had a lot of care like towards any vehicle that I've owned. Like I want it to be very clean and well-maintained and, um, you know, taken care of. And I bought the Sequoia with a friend. Like we went in on it together, uh, splitting it. So it cost me 1500 bucks. And I just have to say there is something so <clears throat> just religiously, uh, liberating about not frankly giving a fuck about a car. <laughs> uh, I, 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 do enough to make sure that the oil is changed uh-huh. and you know, the fluids are kept up. um, Gasoline, of course, and that's basically it. Um I, I totally yeah.
3: share that feeling because I must admit there was a period in my life when I was at university and I had a, mm-hmm. a Vauxhall Astro van, which is like a Yes. <laughs> it was just and it <laughs> yep. used to belong to my family business. It was diesel, it smoked and it was just such a shed, but you could yeah. literally park it <laughs> anywhere. And yeah. nobody, like, it just didn't matter. Like, nobody would, nobody would, like, look twice mm-hmm. at it. And mm-hmm. um, I was joking with some of my old friends, actually, just this week about, um, yeah, some of the things that we did in that van, because it was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's. I mean, that sounds really like, dodgy, but just like, <laughs> I don't know, general kind of no. teenage angst.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, I get how that, that sort of the innuendo there, but I mean, no, I, th- I think for anybody again who has not had the pleasure of owning a vehicle that they just unilaterally do not care about, yeah, <laughs> uh, it is just so incredibly liberating. The yeah. fastest,
2: I mean, the fastest road car I ever had was a one six single cam Mitsubishi Mirage with a three speed auto, and it was solely because it was a momentum <laughs> car. Because if the momentum carried me into the ditch, I didn't really care. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but you, you uh, see that? You see
1: that curb? Me neither. Hit it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I will say though, Neil is a little underselling himself here. Just just so that everybody everybody knows, because he's he's talked uh, well, about it before too. He also has yeah. a pretty nice Porsche that I, uh, I I'm looking forward to driving as soon as as soon as the, the all the COVID mess in the U S is mm-hmm. is a bit calmed yeah. down. So
0: Tony Tony has a standing invitation. Um, my dumb mid 20s purchase when i you know started working and was like oh i i guess i have money now uh was i bought a uh 2015 camry gts which is an absolute sweetheart um not my daily at least anymore <laughs> at this point um but it does have 50k on it uh so far miles so it's it's certainly not uh not shy of the road and yeah absolutely tony like as soon as you come up to to dallas it is all yours. So (laughs)
2: thank you. Yeah. I'm I'm excited, but yeah, I just wanted to make sure Neil didn't undersell himself too hard, but actually there is, there's something I did want to go back to really quickly. Uh, So we were talking about the Yaris and the, uh, and the, the rally inspired look of it, especially with the GR one, because it's kind of a homologation car and stuff. And Charlie, uh, I'm, Pretty sure that you have some some serious thoughts about road rally, or at the very least, like hill climb and <laughs> rally car heritage. Because uh, from what I've seen, you're you basically started your motorsports career uh, in a very specific French car.
3: Yeah, yeah, the <laughs> Peugeot two hundred five. I loved that little. I wish I'd still got it. Actually, it was um, yeah, it was a good it was a good little car. I, I when I bought it, it was a half-finished project. So it had got a cage and the MI16, 16-valve engine. Oh. But that was about it. It didn't have any glass, interior, paint. Uh, <laughs> it just came on four wheels. And yeah. I didn't know really about how to build a car or prepare a race car or anything back then, but I had 1,500 pounds and it was all i could afford and it seemed like a good place to start <laughs> it had a lot of potential so i yeah it just went for it um it's funny because i actually before i started hill climbing i really wanted to get into rallying like rallying was when i was in my teens rallying was probably my favorite form of motorsport that i used to follow like the wrc and yeah right oh yeah and, right. um, yeah. Oh, yeah. and yeah. i had this vision of um you know, the Group B T-16 with the big wide arches. Yes. So <laughs> yes. Getting back onto wide arches with the yeah. you know, making something like that with the with the Peugeot works colours. In fact, I've got a Tamiya one that my oh. brother bought me for Christmas about, I don't know, like eight <sighs> years ago that I've not built. Um, <laughs> but that's what I was going for in my head. But the thing with rallying is it just seems so much more complicated to get into because mm-hmm. of just yeah. the whole nature of rallying and, and yeah so yeah I've never really done any rallying in fact I've never driven I've never done a rally course you know like a day course or driven really no and I, I need to sort well, that okay. out actually next year yeah yeah definitely
2: well, I uh we don't. We don't have a very active rally scene in the U.S., but there's there's definitely a couple of events here. So you know, yeah, maybe maybe someday yeah. you come stateside for it. But I'm, I, but <laughs> I mean, so you, I, I just, so this is actually, you know, I did my research and everything. But this is new to me that you, so you bought the two hundred five for for fifteen hundred pounds, and you were just uh-huh. like, hill climb is hill climb is the easiest way to go and to, to you know start off with for comp- competing. You just went for it like.
3: Basically, or? basically, yeah, I mean, standard, me, really, just think. <laughs> oh, God. Throw, throw yourself
0: in the deep end yeah. and hope you swim. Always,
3: <laughs> literally, that, that, that is the story of my, uh, or certainly the last 10 years of my life anyway, so, well, 15 years even? It seems
0: to have paid off well for you. Yeah, yeah
3: the thing is, when you don't have somebody showing you yeah you know like that typical kind of like a father who's like a racing driver who's just like yeah let's do this and this Uh, when there's nobody like that showing you how to do stuff you have to just pick the ball up and run with it sometimes and so I'd been to enough events that I thought yeah you know this is this is something that I really love but I'd always thought this is something that other people do and (laughs) yeah then I I saw one of my best my best friend um so it's his dad that used to race when we were I don't know like 10 years old we'd go away with him racing at the weekend and we'd be camping and you know right in the paddock the whole time and I just thought yeah this is actually I love being in this environment but this is something that other people do other people being not me and firmly put myself in the category of people that that yeah like how am I ever going to get going in motorsport so fast Mm -hmm. forward to the year I left university and I just yeah I'd see my mate get started now and he was racing with his dad and I thought well yeah you know we we both grown up together we Mm -hmm. we're not like you know neither of us came from rich families or anything like that so I just thought, yeah, there's got to be a way. If I get a job, then I can kind of mm-hmm. make this happen. And so, yeah, yeah I bought the, bought the Peugeot through his dad. He knew the guy selling it. And I uh, saved up the money from a summer job. I mean, you know, 1,500 quid. What's that? It's like, what, $2,500 maybe? Yeah, that's... about what yeah. I yeah. paid for
2: my first car too. It, it yeah. was like all the money yeah. in the
3: world to me back then. And, yeah. uh, and I just thought, yeah, I, I'm sure I'll just figure it out. I'll just... Uh... <laughs> Learn on yeah. the job.
0: <laughs> so well, I mean, and that's, it's it's just so cool because it's like, it feels like that's the life equivalency of doubling down. You know, it's like, I'm going to throw everything I have at this one thing and just, you know, make or break that this is going to be it. Yeah, And that's, it, and you know, it, that's awesome.
3: Another thing was like, there were quite a few people that came in the pub in my village that worked at this local like motorsport center. And mm-hmm. I think quite a few of them were just looked at the car and looked at me. And just used to joke about it and i remember i remember going in there one day and someone was like oh such and such said that that car's never going to get out the garage and actually i remember that was probably the one the one best thing yep was like them telling me that because i was like really why okay watch me yeah (laughs) Yeah. i was like that made my determination just go up tenfold yeah the the michael jordan and
1: i took that personally
3: yeah yeah yeah, it was like you know a year later i was out racing and and you know doing my first hill climb and sure i mean the car was not like quick out of the box but it was it was a case of just get it get it to the track start start somewhere and then of course Mm you meet people they're like well yeah you probably want to sort out this first and then look at that and you know and you've bought the wrong tires and you've bought the wrong this and why have you done that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but it looks good,
2: yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so and Oh go ahead. Oh, Tom. I was just saying we're all extremely suckers for French cars, so you know, we saw that and we were like, Okay, this is this is mm-hmm. we'll be lucky if we can get off that topic in the entire length of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: Before, I I feel a transition coming uh, away from the 205. And so you say that you don't have it anymore. Does it still exist in the world? Like, is it out there in the wild still somewhere that it could be recaptured? Or is it, did it meet an untimely end is what I'm trying to ask.
3: Well, I don't know. I mean, basically, I sold it to a guy, a dealer from Ireland. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I saw it about... He had it for sale for about two years, nearly. Oh wow! And then, yeah, and then I saw it on a website. Some photos of it competing in rallying in in Ireland. Excellent. So I don't know. Anything could have happened, basically. uh...
0: Okay, but we, we know that like this has been spotted in the wild. It may still yeah. exist. It yes. may still exist. I'd
3: love to think that it <laughs> still yes. is. Yes. I, if, yeah. if, if
2: anybody in the UK uh, happens to see uh, Charlie's old 205 running around out there doing rally events, please <laughs> at both of us on Twitter and yes. send us a picture. <laughs> yes.
3: This, yes, this needs to be preserved. I, I yeah. mean, <laughs> it, the thing is, uh, it's funny because I, I sometimes randomly have dreams where I still own it. Really? Yeah. And I and I remember and it's it, generally it's like I'm back at my mum's house and it's in the, her garage and I'm like, oh, wow, I've still got the car. How come I've still got it? I don't know. I have. Well, I'm in a dream. <laughs> OK, well, let's just enjoy this for now. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah, like I, I yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to have it just because it's, it's my mum helped me buy it as well. And uh, like I saved up. The money quite quickly from a summer job because I only had so long to to buy it before the guy put it up for sale, yeah. And my mum lent me four hundred. Well, I say lent me. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, like mum, can I borrow? <laughs> so well, i we gonna get this back. Uh, my mum gave me four hundred pounds towards it, and um, and sadly she she was ill with cancer at the time, so she never got to see me race it. So oh. it was like. Um, you know, it's like one of those kind of bittersweet things where, yeah, I mean, she really helped me start my racing career by, yeah. by, yeah. make you know, giving me that money, and so, yeah, I'd love to think that, um I don't know, it's it's a pretty cool thing that she she did, really. So, that's it's an awesome legacy. Lot, yeah. yeah, yeah. Along with all the other cool things she did for me. So. <laughs> that's that's awesome.
2: Yeah, I had. Yes. I had no idea, but yes, please, please send us images of it if anybody sees it. <laughs> we, we do have I think a couple of Irish it, no. listeners,
1: and they—I think everyone <laughs> understands that I have a real thing for two hundred five GTI. So
2: yeah, the yeah, odds yes. are it would have ended up if anybody saw it, it would have ended up being sent to you, even if they didn't know it was her car. Yeah, yep, <laughs> yes. yep, yes. Well, Excellent. that's an that's an awesome like kickstart to your career. So I guess I guess the next question is, I mean, I you know I've looked through all of the different series you've been through, and there are literally we could spend an entire podcast talking about any single one of them. But I guess the the main thing now that I'm curious about is like what was your point where you went from you know, cuz I'm assuming that this hill climb with the 205 was a very uh it was grassroots level stuff. Like I've yeah. seen it's I've conf- yeah. we don't have hill climb really in the US unfortunately aside from like Pikes Peak, which is very Pro level, um, but like we yeah. don't really have any of those lower level <laughs> stuff. But we do have like uh, we have SCCA club racing and stuff. We'll have some time trials uh, through a couple of different organizations. Autocross, of course. Um, so like, there's there's definitely a, a different levels between like that kind of amateur stuff to where you are now, which is you know pro level twenty four hours of Nurburgring. So like, what was the moment when you said, "Oh, I'm gonna be a race car driver"?
3: It was probably quite some time. Before I got to that point, to be honest, because I, I went off to do hill climb in France and Europe. I guess the first race I did over there was 2014. And I came away and I was like, wow, this is, you know, this is where I need to be next year. But it probably, it's probably 2017. Really? yeah, probably the third year that I'd been over there competing because, I mean, hill climb, hill climb's a funny one in that the level of driving and the types of cars that people drive and the, the places that they're driving them on and everything else, it's incredibly skillful and the calibre of drivers you get at the top level in hill climb are certainly, I'd say, on par with, like, professional drivers. It's just Mm -hmm. that in hill climb, typically, Mm -hmm. there isn't really much sponsorship, and it's difficult. It's a a harder sport, I think, to get sponsorship in because it's just not so well known, and it's not televised, really, and so on and so Mm -hmm. on. So I guess because... When I'd been over in France, you know, for three years, two years in the Formula Renault, the last year in the prototype, and I, and I just, I suppose, I started to think, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm not bad at this. I'm kind of, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> like, so you're
0: sitting in a prototype uh, hill climb vehicle, thinking, yeah, I think I'm, I'm pretty okay at risk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like. I like that. B-ros. I like that organic yeah. sort of realization.
3: <laughs> it's that. I guess it's that. Um, yeah, it was something that just happened over time, where whereby I, I, I'd always, you know, I'd always grown up thinking that I felt very limited in terms of what I was capable of achieving, perhaps because of because of my personal story and. Never having been able to see any other trans people doing, you know, in careers that I wanted to do in sports that I love doing anywhere in life, basically. So I'd kind of grown up with this very uh, profound feeling that if I wanted to be me doing the things I wanted to do, it just it just wasn't possible. And so that that feeling of limitation really ran very deep inside me. And I think it took something like actually finding yourself in that situation where you suddenly look around and go you look at the other people that you're with and you're racing with and what you're doing and you go oh actually i'm kind of doing something at a level that i never thought i would be able to do yeah Uh, yeah. and that's like that moment you suddenly think god actually well i wonder how far i can go with this Whereas yeah. previously it was always like, well, I want to do some hill climbing and that's going to be fun. And, you know, that's probably all I'll ever do. I suddenly, yeah. like, you know, well, I'm, I'm kind of a long way towards where I need to be. Yeah. And so, yeah. And then and then 2017, I thought, right, I'm going to go into circuit racing. I've got to I've got to try that because I, I think I've come as far as I can go in hill climb. Yeah. So I did. Uh, I did this this race at Le Mans on the Bugatti circuit in november and that was in the prototype i'd been hill climbing all season Mm -hmm. long story short it was like i did a couple of races in a mini up in scotland just Mm -hmm. to get Mm -hmm. some circuit experience then went and did this one three hour endurance you know whoa that's Prototype in November, no track temperature. Yeah. (laughs) But but long story short, we we came third. And so I'm stood there on the podium. Just right out of the box? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I had a good good teammate, but like, you know, even so. And um, I'm stood there on the podium at Le Mans. I mean, I'm already, I walk into Le Mans, you know, just generally to the race, you know, to practice and stuff. Mm. And I've got my kit bag over my shoulder. And I'm and I'm there thinking, geez, the last time I was here was two thousand and two, when Bentley the year Bentley won. I went there three years running. Oh yeah, lying. yep. And you know, yep. that's that's yep. prior to transition. That's like prior to even thinking I'm going to race ever. And I'm like, no way. Like I'm walking into the pits with my. You know, with my kit bag and everything and, and this is a surreal moment. And then, you know, a day and a half later, I'm stood on the podium. Sure, there's nobody there, because it's November. <laughs> but, but that's a that's a profound moment. Yeah, we've yeah. got the 24-hour, like, you know, backdrop printed behind you, you know, Le Mans 24 holding a trophy. I've got a great photo of it that I've had so much mileage out of, actually. It's
2: a, <laughs> it's a story to the photo in itself.
3: But but that moment I thought. You know, I never thought in my life that I would be here standing on the podium as me, as as the real, true, authentic me. And yeah. I just thought that's that's it. I've 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 got to try and race at Le Mans for real. Like this is a if this isn't a sign, uh mm-hmm. you know, then then like what what is. Yeah. Well, and like yeah. such,
0: a, such a beacon for others to look at, you know, when, when you say that <laughs> getting into, yeah, yeah. Tony's, Tony's <laughs> waving into the camera right now. But, you know, when you say that, you know, getting into motorsports, there were no people, you know, that, that you felt represented you or were like you. Yeah, And, and so, so just, you know, I'm curious, like, how does that feel, you know, sort of now sort of embodying that uh, beacon that you were looking for?
3: I, yeah I mean I I can't I can't it I can't you know all I can say is that I'm I'm incredibly proud to be in a position that a I never thought I'd be in and, and b to be in a position where I can help inspire other people by, by I guess by physically showing that it, we all have it within within ourselves to surprise ourselves sometimes you know it's I think you said it yourself you you can't you often feel like you can't be what you can't see and mm-hmm. and I know how how limiting that feels first hand so yeah. to to actually go out there and prove myself wrong and change my own perception of of what's possible in life what's achievable sure I've had to work incredibly hard and it, it's been tough at times you know I've had setbacks I've had a lot of moments when I've, I've thought, oh, yeah, okay, this is the end of the road. But but you just keep going and you keep pushing yourself. And I think when you have those moments, you feel like y- you look at the other times when you did something that didn't feel possible, like, like getting on that podium that time. Yeah, and you think, yeah. wow, you know, okay, well, if I did it once, I can do it again. And I can just do what I did and I'll scale it up and I'll do it a bit bigger. But it's yeah it, it's no an, it's an amazing uh, it's an amazing feeling cuz i just <clears throat> i i love being able to help other people find the happiness and fulfillment that i found in my life as me and so it, it's a big part of my motivation to keep going and pushing towards my goals and to try and mm-hmm. help other people push towards their goals i yeah
2: and and you do also and i, I sure we'll put it in the show notes but you work with um i think it's stonewall uk for for racing pride and you have a bunch of different organizations the stuff you do so you're very active on outreach which is i mean speaking personally is incredibly beneficial like it it is it is something that you know i obviously i'm younger i haven't achieved any any kind of you know success of the type that you've had yet but it is uh it's really cool it's really really cool (laughs) So it, it has made that, that positive difference. Um, so yeah, it's, it is extremely cool what you've been able to do with your platform. Um, Thank you. yeah, absolutely. But I, I do have a, a rather ap- abrupt subject change, I guess, uh, from, from the serious back to the, back to the goofy <laughs> if that's okay. Cause I, I, uh, I know one of the things that you competed in after this period, where you you know um, first did your circuit racing, was uh, the Janetta. I think Drew, you know about this because you were sending me links to ones for sale last night. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was. That was uh, do you wanna? Yep. Do you wanna? <laughs> which one did yeah, you so, find specifically?
1: <laughs> uh, I think I found a couple of GT5s. I think there was a G4. Basically, all of them. All of, so, Janetta, uh, for the for the listeners that don't know if and and. Please, Charlie, step in if if I'm, I'm wrong here. But they're a very like storied mark, like they go back decades um, in racing. Used to be, I think they rebodied Minis at some point in time. Um, there's a certain user that we are a listener that we have in France that will correct me on that. I am certain. <laughs> Sorry, Ali. Um, but they they currently put together um, like kind of spec series, which, if I'm not mistaken, is like super competitive. They're like a it's like an even more hardcore Lotus, I guess, is how I would describe it. Let me know if I've, like, is that, does that characterize that fairly? Because everything I've seen for sale, it looks awesome. And I want I, one.
3: I, I think so. I mean, Ginetta, very, very, you know, as you say, I mean, they have a history that goes back a long, long time. And then the, the company um, had, a, had a big resurgence with Lawrence Tom, Tompkinson, who who basically, uh, you know, created the Genetta that we all know today with with the likes of the G40, the GT5, and, uh, I mean, one of few companies who have, uh, you know, the entry level, the junior car, which is the, so the G40 is like, uh, there's different versions of it. So the junior is a series that I think you can race up to the age of 16 or maybe 17. And then the GT5 (laughs) is like the full fat version with a sequential gearbox and slick tires. So you know they they build that, they have the um, the GT4 car which runs in supercup, Yes. and then that I think there's a GT three version of that car, and then they they had the the LMP three car, which was maybe the G57 or car. so I'm getting caught up on their terminology, but then they <laughs> yeah. and they, and they ran the LMP one car at, at WEC. so so they have know, literally the whole
1: if I'm yeah. 14 or if I'm Tom Christensen, there is the entire menu available to me.
3: Exactly. You know, and so how cool. many manufacturers offer that, that sort right. of, you know, breadth of, of cars. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they, they've done incredible things for club racing in the UK. And the like you said, the, the whole kind of G40, uh, package, whether you're in a junior or the GT five or the, the, I think it's called, it was GRDC. It's something else now. Um, it, it, yeah incredibly competitive really and, close racing and you you, you drove the GT5 right i drove you, the GT5 yeah
2: okay. and and was that was that a was that an intermediary step then for you going to what you've accomplished this year was that like one of the one of the i i guess i'm trying to figure out where that slots into the whole career path you've had because i mean it's you've had accomplished so much in the span of 3 years that you know I'm making I, up for lost time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Efficiently, efficiently. Yes.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah. It would, I mean, the thing is when I, when I got out of the prototype that I raced in hill climb, the normal M20 FC was like, yeah, it was a, a remarkable car. And I really wanted to drive one of them on the circuit, but I couldn't muster the budget to do that. I, I wanted to go racing V to V and, um, so i was looking at the options available and gt5 yeah just everything pointed pointed to it really everybody was saying to me yeah go go to gt5 gotcha. and so then i went from that last year to Le Mans cup in p3 which was, like, quite a big jump. <laughs> That's <laughs> a hop. That's a
1: hop.
0: Considerable, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh, but the, the, the logic behind with that was that I'd, you know, I'd driven high downforce prototype cars. I'd gone and got some circuit experience and, and learned some racecraft. So I just felt like I was mm-hmm. kind of together those two. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then what actually then ended up this year Coming into BMW M240i Cup racing car on the Nordschleife, actually the what I'd done in Geneta was really really fantastic groundwork because the BMW doesn't have any real downforce. It has a rear wing for a bit of high speed stability, but but fundamentally mm. it's it's all mechanical grip. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the characteristics of how you drive the car, it's very similar to the GT5. Oh. So I was like, oh, okay, this kind of, you know, it makes sense. And, and it really, it really helped me. So I think, yeah, there's a good, it was a really good uh, grounding that I got in terms of just learning how to drive a GT car. And mm-hmm. I, it's one of the things with the GT5, it's not, when I looked at it on paper, I was like, well, it's about 700. Sixty kilos, I think it's got like I don't know, hundred and sixty, hundred and fifty brakes. So yeah, think, it's yeah. not like masses. You know, when you're getting out of a, a prototype with a I don't know, two hundred and seventy brake, like more downforce than you can shake a stick at, five hundred <laughs> something kilos. Oh think, my god, oh, it's, this is this is gonna be really easy. But yeah. then actually, <laughs> when you're driving it, it's like. To, to get that last ten percent out of the car, you basically feel like you 're going to have a crash at every single corner <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is just like on the limit. and it 's great yeah. fun, but it 's really hard to to get you know to get to drive it really quickly and uh, and so yeah it really it really taught me a lot about how to um how to drive a GT car and and that 's the thing with it it's it 's designed so that then you you get in g t four or g t five uh g t three rather and and you 're like oh this this feels great because i 've got loads of grip and i've got downforce and i've got traction control and abs and and everything Mm. like that so it's like
2: uh it's like training with the uh the weights on your legs and and arms (laughs) so then when you take them off (laughs) you suddenly feel so much faster and quicker (laughs) yeah Yeah, the the rocky montage (laughs) definitely everybody needs a montage too
1: (laughs) yes i i had one question for you i was going to save this for a little bit later but the um like you're, you're going from like clothes fender touring car. Like this was built in a factory to go get a 36 month lease somewhere at the start from to that, to a prototype. Like, is there a moment in your head where like, you've got to like recalibrate yourself on a warm up lap to like, oh, this is what downforce is, or I don't have downforce or brakes or grip. I'm in a touring car. Like, how do you orient yourself just in your head to go between those things. Cause I feel like that's just such a, it's a completely different experience.
3: Yeah, you're right. It, it's, it's difficult because I mean, I mean, that's it. Uh, GT five, then high downforce car with the, with the Norma, then, then back to no downforce car in the BMW and then mm-hmm. to Praga. So it's, yeah, it's, literally just, <laughs> this, yeah, it's uh, I, for example, when I first got in the Praga, uh, it's, because I've experienced what really high downforce is like. And you, the first time you get to feel that, you do have to push through that comfort zone where your brain's telling you, OK, that's 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 got to be about all this car's got. Because, <laughs> you know, physics yeah. and G-force and everything tells me that, that mechanical grip is, is kind of running out. And sure enough, the, the car starts to feel quite sketchy. But you have to push through that and then everything suddenly feels better, and it's weird. It's it's like, yeah, until you've experienced it, it it's it's difficult to, because uh, you don't, yeah, you know, you're just a bit like, yeah, I know in theory, yeah. but... Because
0: but, um. I, I can't even wrap my brain around, you know, the, the step up between, you know, the cars that I think us uh, normal folk are used to in terms of how much lateral G's you know, feels comfortable and feels normal and then, yeah, as you, as you progress to cars with, you know, more mechanical grip or more downforce and you're able to push that lateral G number up and up, uh, how disconcerting that feeling has to be, you know?
3: Yeah, it, it it, it is disconcerting (laughs) uh, at (laughs) first. To say the least, I'm sure. Just a step into the darkness. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you do, you do have to edge up to it a bit and, um, I suppose it helps when you, you know, when you're driving regularly and consistently on circuits, because ultimately if you, you know, you just get into a good rhythm and then you're like, well, I'm, you know, you've got your braking points and your turning points and you can, you can repeat everything consistently and, and you can just start to edge things forwards. And if you're not, if, if you perhaps aren't so used to driving on a circuit, it's harder to, to do that because you feel like you're, taking leaps bigger leaps and yeah yeah. but i i guess you just yeah like looking at onboard as well i mean it's it's great to be able to just put something up on youtube and you can think oh okay uh if you can find some something in that car or or just a particular car and get ideas or for example with the the praga when i drove it at donington recently um my teammate for next year wasn't there but i was you know so trying to get an idea of him whether you could go through Craner's flat and things like that and it's you know what we typically have is data and telemetry and you can look at that and say oh well I know I can break yeah like way further there or way later or whatever and um, sure so telemetry really helps with stuff like that but yeah sometimes you you I just have to use your guidance I it's will. Well, and a bit of bravery. I
2: will say too. Uh, thank you for putting your um, on boards on YouTube because I like to watch them. <laughs> they are. Yes. I've been. Ah. I actually have been watching uh, Hill Climb for years and years. Actually, like pre pre transition, pre learning about you. I think pre even you doing circuit racing and stuff. So it's been a huge favorite of mine for ages. So I may have stumbled across your videos before before any of any of. Uh, any of your your future racing career, you know, my, my fancy podcasting career was uh, yeah. <laughs> was on the table. <laughs> but um but yeah it's it's incredibly cool to watch that and see the difference between, you know, uh, you know, doing a, a an open wheel lap versus the prototype lap versus the you know, the the more traditional, at least street chassis cars but it's it's really entertaining well i'm sure we'll put links somewhere but actually that that does bring us i think to another thing that i know drew wanted to ask this too but so just as a a refresher for everybody listening um charlie competed in the 24 hours of the nurburgring this year uh yeah in the in the in the m240 it's a (laughs) 240i with uh, adrenaline motorsports and i believe fourth in class correct yeah And, and uh first time out and yeah, how the heck do you do that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Say we're we're talking about like you know having telemetry and data to let you know like when your break zones are, and then you know putting this in the context of the Nurburgring, yes. which is just a grueling track.
2: Yeah, and also uh, I'm pretty sure that it it poured like crazy for most of the races here, right?
3: Yeah, um, and we hadn't really had a wet race all season. Right, to that, so oh, it was okay. Kind of like, I'd, yeah. done th- I'd done three wet laps which were in quali uh, <laughs> and that was like, <laughs> at one race before, so I was like, uh, yeah, it's gonna be wet, okay, all right. But the, I mean, the car was actually quite good in the wet, uh, it gives you it's quite progressive, and so I mean, yeah, like like Neil was saying as well, I mean, one of the things with the Norch life is that it's it's very it's very difficult to use telemetry on there because, I mean, you can, but mm-hmm. you, you rarely get a clean lap and because of just the length of the circuit and everything that happens on a lap typically from, from one lap to mm-hmm. another, you don't have marker boards coming into corners and things like that, breaking points, a lot of it, a lot of it's just, uh, just subjective really so you just, you just <laughs> especially in the wet because yeah. it it changes like the grip levels can just change from lap to lap so you come to one corner a lap later and uh, and it's mm-hmm. you know it's got more grip or less grip and and so you really just have to be on top of your game like I mean you do whenever you race but there you you can't you can't switch off for a moment because um yeah, it's just one little thing. And I mean, like, yeah, I had, I had quite a few moments driving, but it's just that, I guess that's just when you're trying to push. And yeah, I mean, I remember going into the carousel and mm-hmm. coming, like, kind of going, you drop down into it. And then I just basically popped mm-hmm. straight at the other side. And I was just like, yeah. going straight for the railings. So it's just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: so in the 24-hour Nürburgring, the circuit is that's the like 25 ish kilometer correct, uh, orientate or configuration. So, you know, like how, it's not like a short track that I think, you know, you can memorize pretty quickly and, you know, where everything is, you know, how much training did you have actually on the circuit prior to going into this race? Because trying to, you know, figure it out, uh, before going into your, you know, however many hours stretch, for the race. Like I, I just can't even imagine the mental workload that goes into trying to just internalize it and then apply it.
3: Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, cause I, I, did, I was racing in the Nürburgring endurance series this mm-hmm. season. So we mm-hmm. had, we had five races prior to the, to the 24 hour race. So mm-hmm. that, that was, I mean, yeah, that was highly necessary, to be honest. So, um, yeah, I think if you... I mean, I I spent probably three months prior to that learning the course on my sim Mm -hmm. at home, which was, again, like, absolutely invaluable to be able to... uh, Yeah, I mean, I feel very lucky that I've got a great home sim with some, you know, awesome kit from Thrustmaster and um you know it's really it i guess most dri- most racing drivers probably have that these days but especially when you're learning a course like that because it's it's mm-hmm. yeah In the dry it's over nine minutes and in the wet you might be looking at over 12 minutes a lap 170 yeah. corners <laughs> so yeah like you need to break that down a bit learn all the corner names all that kind of stuff and then mm-hmm. yeah over the over the, the races that came prior to that i i I mean, I mean, to be honest, just from using the sim, I found that when I turned up to do my permit course, because you have mm-hmm. to do like your own kind of little exam to race there. Um, sure. I, I knew you know, I could drive a lap and I was like, great. Yeah, OK. um, Schwellenkreutz into Aarrenburg, down into Fuchsraer, up to Forst and so on and so on. Of course, then you have to learn Loads like more about where the bumps are and all the the sure. stuff, track craft, how to manage the the traffic and stuff. But at least you fundamentally know, okay, what corners next, what corners next, and all that yeah. kind of thing. But yeah, yeah. it's it, it's a it's a proper like. Again, in at the deep end, it's a, it's a, it's a real school. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm it, noticing a trend. I mean, <laughs> it feels like you have to have an,
0: an associate degree worth of study. Yeah. <laughs> just to, like a two-year course just to even – because I'm sure now at this point I could drop you at any given corner on the track and you would know where you are and what comes next. Yeah, yeah, you know? totally.
3: But, I mean, I, this is the thing. So I've, I've done five – five, okay, so I did four – uh, come on, brain. How oh, are the races? <laughs> <laughs> uh, four four-hour races and one six-hour race and then the 24-hour race. And so I've done, I think, just over 100 laps this year. Jeez. It's not like mm-hmm. a lot of laps, though, still. when you Yeah, therapy, that, the, the volume there is done not thousands. there. I mean, that, yeah.
0: That was actually a question I was going to have. Is like mm-hmm. prior to the actual 24-hour event, how many physical laps had you had on the track in your estimation?
3: Uh, Probably 65, 70, something like that. It's not a lot. It feels like a lot. No, I
0: can't. I can't even wrap my brain around that. I mean, my my first track event was a 1.7 mile circuit with uh, 12 turns. Uh And I mean, I, I still Mm -hmm. like, can't, my brain melts just (laughs) trying to like get through that course, you know? Uh And so, compounding it to that degree is i still i i want to know that like inside of your brain is not like a secret supercomputer <laughs> that we don't know about, you know
3: it's, i i've yeah. definitely traded other parts of my brain to be able to do like don't ask me to do maths or any kind of yeah. arithmetic like
0: like so. during that three month where you're like simming at home trying to figure out the track like I, I I just have this vision of you like getting out of the sim and then trying to interact with normal people <laughs> and speaking in a totally different language. And you know, it's like, Hey, Charlie, what do you want for dinner? Well, after you come out of turn 17, I need to like, yeah. you know, be easy on the breaks. So, like <laughs> how, how do you, how do you like remove yourself from that universe and then like, you know, talk with normal people?
3: Uh, I think I try to, I suppose that's the thing because people, people who don't, like people that I, you know, friends that I socialise with and stuff. Yeah, it's just like what you do. I'm just, just living, eat, sleeping, and breathing the Nurburgring Nürbur- at the moment. You know, on the Nordschleife. Whenever I've got an hour, yeah. I just jump on the sim and, um, yeah. You just someone's like looking at you, like what? 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 I thought. Oh, sorry. I was just thinking, trying to remember if you can run the curb, the exit curb at Brunschen. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you do. Yeah. Um, you do definitely have to just immerse yourself in it completely. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah I mean it's funny because this time last year I was talking to a guy when I was weighing up the season and a guy who'd raced there quite a lot and done yeah multiple 24-hour races he said so what 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 are you going to do I said yeah I'll do the full season 24 hours the lot he said oh yeah I, I, I don't know I don't know mate I don't know if you want to do the 24 hours because it's it's really tough <laughs> and you'll just be scared shitless the whole time, frankly.
0: Was and this wasn't the same person that said your two hundred five wouldn't be on the hill <laughs> climb, right? Yeah, <laughs>
3: no, yeah, no, it was. Like, it was like, this is it. This is a guy. Actually, he's like you know a, a really good racing driver that I respect, and mm-hmm. and but he was like, yeah, you'll just you honestly just trust me, you won't enjoy it, and and, and I was like. Ah uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, then, and then a few other people said that and I was like, oh, no, I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> can not be that bad. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So, I because guess I just said I don't know when I'm going to be back there as well. So, it's like, you know, that makes sense when well in I, Rome.
2: The the thing that I'm yeah. curious mm-hmm. about too is like um, you know, I I'm pretty sure that you you ended up finishing your stint uh with the, with the team this year. I'm if I remember correctly, it was a while ago and it's a little hard to figure out the ordering. But I think you finished the the race out, correct?
3: Yes, yes, yeah. so I did the start and I did the restart and I did the finish.
2: Which is incredible. Um and yeah. like you you were incredibly successful for your first time out and you know, it was it it definitely it definitely proves you you can do, you know, 24-hour endurance racing beyond a shadow of a doubt. So like, did you have fun with it? Like what was the end result?
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was uh, it, it was strange this year because we, of course, we didn't have any fans. Yes. And mm-hmm. one of the huge attractions at that race is that ordinarily you'd have over two hundred thousand people. And out of all the race fans, the you know the people that go to the Life for that race have. Uh, a reputation that presents yeah, them yep. as uh, mm-hmm. 24-hour party people. And yes. so yep. I've never experienced that because I've not been there before. I've been to Le Mans three times. Um, so I've seen a 24-hour race with lots of people. I think Le Mans normally like 260,000. So, yeah, you know, you're, you're in the same ballpark. But, yeah, so that side of it felt a little bit strange. But equally to me, it was all new. So I was like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the people I was racing with were like, yeah, oh, I don't know if I'm going to do it this year. And, you know, a bit flat. And it was a bit weird, even like when we finished, because there was no party or anything. It mm-hmm. was just everybody kind of packed up and was like, yep, see you then. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> just raced 24 but, hours in the but, Nürburgring. But, but, I gotta go. Yeah, you know, you do feel a bit like that. But, I mean, equally, I was, yeah, I was on a massive high. I, I think to to be... To be one step away from the podium in your first race there was, yeah. I yeah. mean, sure, yeah, I wanted to be third or, or, or higher, but I mean, it was still, it was a, a really, really solid finish. And <laughs> uh, and I just, yeah, you know, I love the people that I've raced with, all the guys and girls at Adrenaline Motorsport and my teammates this year, Lutz, David and, and Jens, who joined us for that race as well. It was just, just a really... Just one of those feelings that you want to capture in a bottle and and kind of put on a shelf, really, because it's, yeah, you know, sometimes you you put everything into something and and when it when it goes the way you hoped, it's 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 the mm-hmm. you can ask for already. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I mean, That's so cool. yeah, it was. I I obviously I didn't say I've watch the whole thing, but I tuned in quite a few times and was like that. This is this is incredibly cool, like because it's you know it is it is just the most intense race I could imagine and like spectating is a dream of mine so I couldn't imagine actually running it so I'm glad you had fun with it despite what people warned you yeah and I'm glad it went so well
3: yeah I want to I mean I want to go back and do it like I'd love to go do it every year if I could (laughs) I I (laughs) I, uh, I definitely, you know, I need to experience what that's like with other people. Yeah. Because it was so, what? I mean, this is the thing, normally we do it in May, so we'd have something like six hours, six and a bit hours of darkness, because we did it mm. in late September, we had oh. 12 hours of darkness this year, oh, so like wow. double, double the darkness <laughs> then we had, because there was no spectators, you've normally got all this, like, I mean, literally they build, it's like something out of, I don't know, um, like Robin Hood. They build all these kind of little, <laughs> you know, crazy party structures with fireworks and bonfires that are all around the track. So you get all this diffused light, which mm-hmm. which just wasn't there this year. It was like driving into an abyss. It's so <laughs> oh dark. Oh my god. And that's so wild. It's, yeah, it's it's really. Um, but I guess I said to a lot of people, you know, it's if that's what if that's what if you've done it before and then you're like, oh man, it's going to be like double difficult this year. But if you, ignorance is bliss. Yeah. You know, if yeah. that's, if that's yeah. all you know, you're just like, well, yeah.
2: Well, and if you, if you did it this year, then it'll only get easier from here somehow. Cause you'll have yeah. more daylight yeah. and fans and you won't hopefully have rain for, <laughs> I don't know, 20 hours and <laughs> all of that. Yeah. So I guess now, now, so, I mean, obviously you want to go back to the 24 hours and I know that we've actually, we talked about it on the show because I've never been to an endurance race, and I said the first the first endurance race I want to go to is I want to go to uh, Circuit de la Sarthe and watch your your first run at Le Mans because it would be amazing. I mean, uh, so yeah. is that? Uh, can you tell us anything about that? Is that something that you're still shooting for? <laughs> I mean, uh, what's
0: what's on the horizon? Right. I now? mean, we know the Praga, oh, yeah. but
2: yeah, it...
3: yeah. So I mean, yeah, Le Mans is. Uh... Hey, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give up on that dream. It's gonna happen. I'm sure it's gonna happen, and I I can't right now sort of say, you know, yeah, this year, this car, this team, this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's it's there's different there's difficult ways sorry it's difficult there's different ways to get there because it's you know it, it can be difficult if you don't own say a large pharmaceutical company and you can just write a check right for, you know a million dollars that makes something. a lot of things in life easier oh, i yep. know right tell me about it it's uh so fundamentally i think the best you know the best way to do it is just keep doing what i'm doing you know driving well things you know the, n- the n- life, was fantastic this year i think to just show you that i can i can drive at that level and uh, and just focus on getting the good opp- opportunities as you say racing with praga next year is, is an amazing opportunity to be back in a prototype that's yeah incredibly fast i mean it's it's on par with p3 and gt3 cars in terms of pace and so i think that's you know that's a, a good an opportunity that, that you can you can have really to go out there and show sh- show your level show your performance I'm, I'm really really grateful to Praga for you know for for opening the door to me yeah. to race with them next year because uh, it's, yeah it really is really is a, an amazing car to drive and to be honest <clears throat> I've not really had a chance to properly push it yet I mean the last time I drove it at Donington uh, I, I you know started to get a bit a bit more speed up but we you know it was a limited amount of laps and um yeah it just I just came away from that day just thinking wow you know I'm just I'm so excited about 2021 so I think I think it's just a case of for the time being keep doing what I'm doing and keep uh you know keep getting the message out there keep getting the exposure and and you know, who knows, who knows, maybe nothing planned for next year, but maybe, uh, maybe the year after we'll oh. have to see.
2: Well, I can, I can assure you that the minute that this podcast has, uh, Joe Rogan uh Spotify sponsorship levels of reach will be will yep. be calling you to put some trust in the machine stickers on your car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh yeah for now for now not quite yet but we'll maybe who knows maybe maybe 2021 2022, be, 2021, 2022 might be the year for all of yes. us. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yes. Totally. Totally. You got it. I mean that's it. You just got to keep going at what you will, what you want to do and what you love doing and, and and I I'm a big believer in in positivity and and manifesting the things in your life that you focus on and I've I've been focused on this dream for so long and I genuinely feel like even despite the year that we've had this year which has been like incredibly Mm -hmm. challenging on so many levels for so many people Mm -hmm. there's been some you know really amazing things that have happened and even just in the last few months there's You know, people I'm talking to and conversations that are happening and uh, and the momentum right now just feels feels amazing. So I I think I think things are are really moving in a great direction for next year and beyond.
2: That's that's awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah, we are we are all I think I can speak for all of us when I say we are very excited to see what comes next and uh we'll continue rooting for you. But I think we're at the part now where we should do the the, the couple of rapid questions at the end oh, definitely. To, to round everything yeah. out. I think it's, I think it's about time for that. So I, we have a, just a couple of things here. Um, the one thing is, you know, you mentioned your sim rig and I've watched, you know, a couple of your streams. I know you've got a Twitch channel and you're, you're quite active on there and on Twitter and stuff with talking about sim racing and stuff. Um, what, uh, what do you think the merger of, you know, racing and esports is going to be in the future? Like, is there is there a uh, is there a general way you'd like to be involved with it, or is it just sort of like a fun fun thing that you think will die out after after, pandem- the pandemic is has, has chilled out a bit, or what's what's your take on it?
3: Yeah, I think it's something that we're gonna see more and more of. Definitely, I think just even looking at some of the developments recently, there was a, a manufacturer that brought out a wheel which is available both in a in a in a car for the physical world and and as a, available on a sim mm, so okay you know it's been quite quite interesting to see things like that happening it's it's kind of um i i think that increasingly when you look at i mean well just looking at what's happened this year in it's in itself you know sim racing esports has had this huge huge growth which uh, which has been amazing actually i think for the for the whole industry because it's brought it into the mainstream Mm -hmm. and yeah you know pretty much every big series that i can think of in europe now has some big esports element to it and we've seen drivers you know now i know gran turismo did it quite a long well quite a long time ago now actually when the, the gt academy and yeah yeah he's still racing with nissan as a works driver yes but but you know we've seen um people like james baldwin uh this year you know racing in british gt in a mclaren with Jensen button so it's i think that showing that that wasn't just like a one-off that's something that is continually happening and we're going to see more and more of i think it's amazing because i i mean just just this year really that I've got into esports and so it's I've kind of come into it quite an open mind and it's you know sure I know about racing but esports in itself is its own kind of community Mm -hmm. and uh, and you know learning to drive online is is quite a tricky thing and and also just realizing that yeah you're not the fastest person (laughs) because (laughs) the people that do it are just so quick and it's it's very difficult i think as a driver that's used to competing in a physical world and you don't have all those sensory inputs that Mm. that um that you're just used to and the people that are really really fast on the sim i mean they to them all they're getting is the feedback through the wheel but they're just they're just annoyingly fast <laughs> like, you know, i mean i like, you know just putting in like hours and hours and hours of practice and you're still you know you're still like that trying to close that margin to them but it's um yeah it just it just goes to show the level of dedication and and skill that, that people have so yeah I, I think i think it's something we'll see more and more and i mean i've been invited to work with a few um work on a few things with with manufacturers where it's it's really interesting to see how they're already thinking you know it's not just like okay this is our championship in the physical world and i don't know we'll do something like an activation with a sponsor at an event for fun it's very much like Mm. okay how can we build it from day one where we're going to have esports being a a sort of stat not you know something that actually runs concurrently with the championship and yeah really yeah. interesting to see how that's all developing so yeah, yeah just um just just yeah i'm really pla- i'm really excited to be a part of it really because it's been fantastic working with thrustmaster and o'clockers and asus Republic of gamers and um, <laughs> next level <laughs> racing <laughs> yeah just yeah i mean honestly like the the same i've built this year i've just um uh, yeah, I, th- I think the the series I'm racing in at the moment, More Female Races by Thrustmaster is like really cool concept as well, because they're really keen to uh, SimGrid, who've set it up, super keen to get more women into motorsport, into esports especially. And just to uh, to to have a series that's, um, you know, that, that's focused on on nurturing and encouraging female talent is is quite a new thing. Yeah. I think it's the second year that it's been running and it's quite intimidating even I think sometimes in esports because like I've found mm. you, you come into it and there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that that you have to learn quite quickly and and it it mm. can be a bit you know when you're out there and you're like the slowest person on track say and you don't you don't <laughs> want to feel like you don't want to feel stressed you want to go out there and enjoy it uh, to me it, sure. it's something that wants to be fun so i think having a series mm-hmm. like this thing that really um brings more people into the sport because yeah yeah it's cool yeah. you shouldn't really have yeah. so many barriers in esports, right because okay sure mm-hmm. if you want to race in the physical world you need to get the yeah. budget together but in esports, you know we should we should have uh you know we should be really uh, yeah we it's should a have a very diverse community right mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah yeah, there's there's less there should be less barriers
3: to entry. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's all. Yeah. That's,
2: that's extremely cool. I'll be excited to see what happens with with uh, your future stup- uh, endeavors with thruth- Thrustmaster as well. Um, but I guess what other what other rapid fire questions did we have at the end? Oh, okay. What is what is your ideal racing series to dr- both Ooh. to drive in and to <laughs> watch? And you don't have to give us big rationales, but I'm just curious.
0: If you say NASCAR, <laughs> I'm going to just like, I don't know. How my
3: I left. will be so excited. I will be so
1: excited. Oh. I'm calling Joe Gibbs. We're going to make this happen.
3: I'd, I'd love to come and see a NASCAR race. I'll be honest, because Days of Thunder is one of my favorite films. <laughs> yes. And, uh, yes. Days of Thunder my and Top is... Gun, two of my favorite films, right? I mean, Child <laughs> yes. of the Aces, so... It will not disappoint. I
0: am not a big NASCAR fan, but my first event blew me away. It's will not a party. Be disappointed. Oh, it's yep.
3: just, like, got to be the noise of all those cars in a big bowl must just be wild. It... And all the people, and... Yeah. 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 Yep. The, the, yeah.
2: First, the first race I ever actually went to was a road course at Mid-Ohio a NASCAR race, and it was... Um, yeah, it's an event. I don't think it's. I mean, there's, there's. I've seen lots of other kinds of motorsports since then, but it's definitely not something you can replicate. It is.
0: It is the <laughs> Sorry, world. I didn't. I didn't yeah. yeah. I didn't mean to derail this question right off
2: the <laughs> gate with that. So.
3: Yeah, um, I think. I mean, if any series to race in, I'd love to. I'd love to compete in the World Endurance Championship because. Yes. I, you know, I mean, that's like the the top echelon of of endurance racing, and to go in a series that goes all over the world would be would be super cool um i'd love to come and do some racing in imsa to be honest i've not been to america very many many times but um i uh i was in la this time last year and um yeah i made quite a few friends in america and stuff and you know tried to follow imsa a bit and uh watch all the big races like daytona and um yeah, I just that would be that would be a cool thing. I think definitely, nice. in terms of a series I watch, um, I I mean I'm I've kind of I don't really apart from Formula One, uh, I don't tend to follow any particular series in a huge amount of depth just because I seem to struggle for time. <laughs> but uh, yep. I, yeah, I try and watch <laughs> I try and watch things like yeah European Le Mans Series WVC. Um, IMSA, um, yeah, uh, occasionally, I mean, things like t- British Touring Car, a great watch because it's very close racing. Yes, the, yeah, s- mm-hmm. uh, bumper to
1: bumper, rubbin's racing.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's what people want to see, right? So something like that, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think. And, and hill climbing, you know, I still love watching lots of hill climb videos on YouTube. So, um, yeah. The, yeah.
1: Yeah, crazy builds that show up at hill climb are
3: i'd love might to go back boggle the mind i'd love yeah. to go back and do some more hill climbing like to be honest pike's peak is something that because i came over to pike's peak in 2017 okay um it's a it's a long story that i might get into now but um yeah it's a long story i was i was supposed to meant to be driving there and then i wasn't oh <laughs> but, uh yeah. yeah it involves a, a a con man <laughs> oh no anyway, Oh no! <laughs> yeah but, but you know long all and right. short of it was that i did come and see pike's peak and got to see how it all runs and uh yeah i, I want to do that someday definitely. yeah
2: that's that is extremely cool we have i have a couple of friends um from also other continents who want to come to the u.s (laughs) to do pike's peak at different levels of motorsport actually but they it it seems to be for it's so strange because for a country that has no hill climb events like at all uh that pike's peak is almost like the most famous one in the world i think i mean it's pretty pretty global tier but um man that'd be cool if you come to pike's peak uh (laughs) that would be amazing but um Yeah. yeah unfortunately i do think that uh we, we're going to run short on time. So I guess, are there any other things you'd like to say to uh, our audience while you, while you have uh, the podcast listeners? Uh,
3: I guess I'd probably just say, um, yeah, to anyone who's listening, who follows my story just to, yeah, just to always be true to yourself and to do the things that you love doing and just spend just because perhaps you don't see someone out there doing the things that looks like you doesn't mean you can't be the person that proves everybody wrong and goes out there and and does it and owns that space because I think that's how I felt for a long time when I was growing up and sometimes you just need to be the first so yeah believe in yourself be awesome and yeah Knock it out of the park.
2: I, That's awesome. I think you've definitely lived by that. Looking, at, looking at that career from, <laughs> from a uh, gutted Peugeot to uh, racing in Praga and, and 24 Hours of Le Mans, or 24 Hours of uh, Nurburgring and, and Le Mans hopefully next. So, um, yeah, I mean. Thank you so much for your time and for for chatting with us.
0: thank you. Absolutely. This has been great.
2: Yeah, this is a fun episode. Please, if you ever want to talk to us again about future plans or tell us about the Pike's Peak con Man or, you know, French cars, (laughs) I think we're pretty down for it. (laughs) I I, I
3: would love to. I definitely have to tell you that story sometime because it is quite funny. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. We're
0: we're very much looking forward to it.
3: We kind of set the uh, set it up for uh, yeah part two really, haven't I? So, <laughs> that would be cool. Absolutely. No, it's been really fun to be on the show, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. And yeah, if anyone listening wants to follow me, just go uh, at gocharliem. That's my Twitter and Instagram and, and stuff. Yeah, and we'll coach. have
2: her uh, we'll have her YouTube in our show notes, and you can check out you know all the, the new rides she's got and all of, all more details on her story and everything. So thank you, yes. thank you again so much.
1: Yes, thank you.